This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 55 for Friday, November 15th, 2019. idea. Faith is living fully assured in the hope. Our weekly identity statement, I am living this life for the joy set before me. And our memory verse, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Yesterday, I rambled on and on about the importance of ascending the mountain for ourselves. I talked about how great the new covenant is, that that we get to go into God's presence through the new and living way open for us through the flesh of Jesus. A promise so great as that, however, comes with an equally great warning. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. At the giving of the old covenant, the people could feel the earth shaking as God's voice gave Moses the commands the people were to follow. But that shaking was nothing in comparison to what will happen to the people who refuse the new covenant that has been freely offered through the blood of the Son. If we turn away from that covenant, if we reject this amazing gift of God, not only will He shake the earth, but also the heavens. When an earthquake shakes the ground beneath your feet, it can be very unsettling. But by comparison, that's nothing to God shaking the heavens. There's much more material out there. What is this sin the author speaks of? Well, yes, again, it's the sin of apostasy or turning away from Christ after you've put your faith in him. It's the sin of cursing the Son of God. But I don't think it's limited to that. Yes, that has been the author's primary focus, but the truth of the matter is, consciously embracing sin is choosing to embrace rebellion. And that's not why Jesus died. Jesus didn't give his life so that we could embrace whatever hell we wanted. He gave his life to set us free from the bondage death had over our lives. So, anytime we choose to embrace sin, we are making a choice to choose death over life, hell over heaven, and captivity over freedom. It doesn't feel that way. But we are too driven by our feelings. Just because something doesn't feel good in the moment doesn't mean that it's not good for us. Wait a second. That sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? It takes a long time for the right thing to feel like it's the right thing. At the same time, it takes a long time for the wrong thing to stop feeling like the right thing. But the way something feels is not the determinate factor to its veracity. In fact, we have allowed ourselves to embrace far too many lives as part of our identity. So much so that we're constantly offended as a society. And apparently feelings have replaced truth. Now our feelings are absolute and truth is relative. 
And we Christians would agree with this on a logical level. But so many of us are living by this deception on a practical level in our lives. Just try to get someone to do something they don't want to do that's for their own benefit, like, say, I don't know, reading their Bible or praying. And listen to the responses. It just doesn't work for me. I'm not that kind of person. I've never been a very good reader. It feels too much like work. The truth is, they are right. At least to the point that for who they are this moment, they aren't that kind of person. Presently, it doesn't work for them. But that doesn't mean that they can't become the kind of person who it does work for, who is a good reader, and who finds joy in the study and intentionality of prayer, silence and solitude, Sabbath, and the like. None of these things are who we are until we become them over a process of transformation and sanctification. But when we embrace the new way of the new covenant and spend time with our designer, we will soon discover the joy and peace that comes as God unravels the mess of sin we have tangled ourselves up in and sets us free to sail into the harbor of his eternal peace. And it's worth it because of what we are receiving. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let us be thankful. Let's be overwhelmed with gratitude for what Christ has done, and, and let's worship God acceptably, not half-heartedly, but with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire, and the closer we get to him, the more that fire consumes us. The more that fire purifies us and rids us of those things we have embraced that aren't of Christ, until what remains is our true identity, the one God intended for us all along. www.thejesushabit.com <laughs>